Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Honest Tattooers. Your social media sucks, and that's why you're here. So we're going to talk about how to get better at social media, how to promote yourself better, but most of all, how to become a good, honest tattooer that people want to watch. So stay tuned. Hey, what's up, guys? And welcome to Honest Tattooer, the podcast for tattoo enthusiasts and industry insiders. And each week, we sit tattooers and we discuss their craft, share experiences, and offer some insight and advice on different parts of our industry. And uh, this week, we're going to talk about social media, about marketing yourself, and we have a special guest. What's up, man? How are you guys doing? Doing pretty good, man. So real quick, I want you to introduce yourself and just let people know your name, uh, where you're from, how long you've been tattooing. I'm Christopher Lee. I've been tattooing for 10 years and I'm from Newburgh, New York. Awesome. And uh, as always, I have my co-host. Hey, John, what's up? What's up, brother? Um, And uh, my name is John Messa and glad to be here with you guys today. Um, I know, actually, you just came back from Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. You did the convention over there. So why don't you talk about that? How did that go? Uh, It was pretty cool. Um, I brought my own clients and I was working on this kid's whole sleeve of nature. Um. We just finished up wrapping up the house and like the background of the trees and then kind of finalized that black and gray, all black and gray. Yeah. yeah. You've been, uh, you've been doing black and gray mostly for, uh, pretty much as long as I know you, but you do a little color here and there. Yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah. I enjoy everything. Yeah. Cool. Um, overall though, the uh, convention was a success. You think? Uh, for me, yeah, because yeah. I always gain knowledge out of it. Right. It's always a learning experience. For some of you guys, if you don't know, so the Philadelphia Tattoo Convention is probably the biggest tattoo convention in our country. Um, it has the most people, the most artists. I mean, the last time, the last year I did that convention, there there were like a thousand booths or something like that. It was insane. Is it a thousand booths or is it a thousand, a thousand artists? I think it's booths. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I mean, booths. either way, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. That's a lot. And uh, in years past, I mean, like I said, I haven't been there in a while, but in years past, it's been, you know, one of those places where you get to see how big the tattoo industry really is. Because one thing about that convention and that there is really no like, uh, there's no quality control there. Yeah. There's, it, it's just, yo, you got it's some, a free for all. It's a free for all convention. You're going to have. That's a lot of the reason why I stopped going to that convention. Yes. Same. But I think that going to conventions like that really puts into perspective how big this tattoo industry really is and how like, you know, sometimes like the guys that are doing amazing tats, you know what I'm saying? When you, if you make like a, a pyramid of the tattoo industry, you know, the guys that are doing those sick, amazing tats that are like, you know, they're like, uh, there's a lot of them, but honestly, there's not that many of them, you know, the guys that are crushing, you yeah. know, it's just a a small, you know, part of that top of the pyramid of tattooing, you know, and you have people that are like, if we think about the people that are literally just very green, very fresh tattooing, you know, started tattooing, you know, they just want to go to a convention to gain the experience, be around people that are really good, maybe learn and things like that. And I, and that was kind of the reason why tattoo conventions kind of started to begin with. So tattooers could unite because they wouldn't see each other in social media. That didn't exist. So people would get together. You get to see what everybody's doing. They would talk about trade secrets within each other, you know, normally in the bar after you tattoo, you know what I'm saying? Like things like that, or in hotels room, you know, late at night, it wasn't like 
what it is today where they have a conference just to teach people shit and they charge them money for it. It's a time when, uh, you know, those secrets were passed after you developed a rapport and a friendship with other tattooers, you know, and you would teach them, you know, things that you have learned in your career and in your time and things that were maybe passed down from their mentors and and so forth, you know? Yeah. So uh, I kind of turned down doing conventions maybe, maybe about like four or five years ago. I don't think I've done it like a real convention. When did we do Atlanta? What year was that? Oh man, we did Atlanta. I think that was the last like real convention that I did. Is that 18? Yeah, I think 20, maybe 2018, 2019. Yeah. One of those. Yeah. And even that one blew, right? Like nobody showed up to that convention. No, that convention was quiet. I mean, after that, I've done conventions that I liked. I liked uh, the Toronto convention. I really liked that one a lot. Yeah. But the guy that threw that convention passed away. So like now there's a new Toronto convention, which I think is also ran by Villain Arts. And again, they, they don't really do quality control. They just kind of let everybody rock. And that's one thing where I think like uh, old school days, it's bigger in Europe, <clears throat> but conventions put on by like Mickey Valletto, you know, out in Europe, like the old London tattoo convention, the old like Paris tattoo convention. Like those are like elite top of the line tattooer to get in here. You need to be good. You know, like you're not tattooing yeah. here unless you're really good. The Brighton Tattoo Convention in England also, you need to be good to be here. If not, it's not going to happen. I mean, that's the only reason why I'm uh, willing to do this Hudson Valley Convention with you guys is because it's invite only. Correct. It's invite only. And they're trying to kind of, you know, it's a newer convention, but they're they're trying to establish that, you know, mentality of like, in order to get in here, you have to been, you know, kind of recognized by your peers that you're you're, you're worthy. Be, yeah, you're yeah. you're worthy to be around. Yeah. The direct, you know, this group of people that work really hard to get here and yeah. stuff like that. Now, for that, I think that conventions are really good. Yeah. Let's. Uh, I mean, I know this is kind of off topic of what we're supposed to be talking about, but so if uh, if you've never been to a tattoo convention, especially one of uh, the villain arts conventions, not only are you going to see a bunch of tattooers working in booths tattooing their clients, there's a lot of just general artists there, like selling their artwork. There's going to be vendors selling clothing, jewelry, other little uh, tchotchkes and things, crafts that they've made, right? And then there's performances. And all weekend long, there's going to be like side shows. There's going to be- Terrible bands that are going to annoy you. Yeah, what? The suspension. The suspension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that um, happens. There's a, uh, but you know what? Like as much as it sounds like there's a lot to see, you see all of it on Friday and then Saturday, like, man, I just saw all this. Like, it repeats itself yeah, every day. Yeah. You know, it's just a, in a, in a different scale, like different tattoo contests every day. Right. You know, different, uh, they, now always they, you know, they would have like the tattoo girl contest, you know what I'm saying? You're just a girl with a covered tattoo. Sometimes not. Um, but still trying to compete. It's like the miss tattoo of whatever convention you're at, you yeah. know? I always tell people that if you've never been to a convention, it's worth going to, it's worth experiencing it. Um, I don't know if it's worth it to go all weekend long just to go see what it's like, you know, go one day, you know, check out the artist there, maybe buy a couple of cool stuff, get a cool t-shirt or whatever, see one of the performances, but it's not worth it to go all weekend long if you're not actually working there. I think though, all right, unless you're a tattoo artist, if you are a tattoo artist and you want to learn from people that you've looked at their work on Instagram and you like love their tattoos and you're a tattoo artist and you want to tattoo with those people. I would have people that would come and watch me tattoo from beginning to end. They would just sit right behind in the back, just stand, walk away, go get a drink, come back and watch me do the whole tattoo. Yeah. 
Sometimes, you know, they would just establish a little bit of conversation, tell me who they are, how long they've been tattooing, that they liked my stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's important. If you're just standing there like a creep, that's kind of weird, right? All day long for eight hours. I mean, it is, but it's not. Because sometimes, you know, sometimes they're just, I've dealt with a lot of shy people that just, they didn't really want to say much, but they were like, oh man, it looks good, man. Yeah, yeah. You know? And then eventually I'm like, do you tattoo? And they're like, yeah. (laughs) You know, and I feel like that that does make a difference. But like, uh, you know, the the experience that you would get if you were an apprentice at their shops. You know what I'm saying? You get to go there, see what they did. If you're smart, man, go see their fucking stencil that they made. You can see all of that. There's definitely a lot to learn for sure. There's a lot to learn. So if you're a tattooer at that stage in your career where you're like, oh man, I want to see how these dudes knock out these fucking realism portraits you can literally go to the tattoo convention, look at them, make the stencil, look at them, put it on, look at the colors that they're picking out, everything, you know? And then if you're cool and you're nice, buy a piece of their merch, establish some conversation and be like, hey dude, what, what colors are you using right there? What kind of needles are you using there? If you just establish a solid conversation there, dude, you can learn a lot in tattoo conventions. It's like a nice little school for tattooers. One thing that we didn't mention too is that seminars happen at conventions. Yes. So, you know, if, uh, if this guy that you're looking up to isn't willing to give you some free information, he might have a seminar. You can go in, you know, pay a couple of bucks, sit down for an hour or two, and he'll give you a whole slideshow of his practice. That's it. I feel like it's it's such a good technique this week. So I started a, a sunflower on a dude's kneecap. And, uh, I, I was like, thinking about how I would illustrate this because it is a kneecap and there's like limitations on on the center and how it would be. And all I ended up doing was like the pattern, that Fibonacci kind of sequence of how it swirls into the center. I ended up doing that with just like uh, dots and then just different size dots. So it really gave that effect, you know, and it looked really cool. I'm pretty, thanks so much, man. On Saturday, I did a a bouquet of roses and uh, it was this guy's, wedding bouquet, I guess it would be his wife's, right? Yeah. Um, he sent me a picture of the bouquet of flowers that his wife was holding on their wedding day. And I was like, cool, man, no problem. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the day of the appointment, I was like, just so you know, I'm not going to do this, like the actual bouquet of flowers. He's like, yeah, I get it. I know. Yeah. So I like super simplified it. And luckily it was just roses. So I was able to just kind of like do my own style of roses. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I think there was like maybe 10 roses in the bouquet. I did three, three, and then a couple of little leaves and, you know, little things put it like in the stem with the ribbon around it. So it looked like a bouquet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, that's what I did. It was cool. It was, uh, white flowers too. So it it went pretty quick, you know, a little bit of opaque gray, gray and the light negative space. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Chris, one thing that I wanted to talk to you about, you are in the process of opening up a new shop. How's that going? Very tiring. Yeah. Putting in um, a lot of hours, right? Yeah, because tattooing, then the apprentice, and then the transition from the old shop to the new shop, and the town, um, what are those, inspections? Mm-hmm. I was waiting for that, and pretty tiring. Why are, Why did you make the move? The old landlord sold the building I was in, and the new owner, he was just an asshole. Okay. So I worked too hard for my money to just want to give it away to someone that doesn't like communicate. Did he raise the rent? Uh, he didn't raise the rent. <clears throat> he was just, uh, he didn't communicate. And I tried to have a meeting with him and it took like 15 emails to get a meeting with the guy. I mean, you had a good deal over at that other spot. That was, uh, it wasn't bad. It was $1,200 a month for 2000 square feet. Sheesh. That's yes. great. Fire. That's great. That'd be sick. With a brick wall. Nice. Yeah. That's pretty, no, pretty awesome. That is the biggest, the biggest expense. 
in uh, owning a shop in the city. It's like rent, man. It just kills you. Yeah. Kills you slowly. How are you promoting that you guys moved, that you're in a new location? Um, Everything by word of mouth. I've been kind of slowly getting off of social media so I could be a little bit more personable with everybody, with the with the public and society. So I put myself out there more because I've been such a recluse for so long. So I've just been out there hitting the streets, talking to everyone, telling my clients to tell their friends and the words are ready out. I mean, that works. I mean, it's been tried and true for how many years, right? Like decades. I mean, that always works, but I mean, and this is where like, uh, why do you feel that you can't do both? Um, I can do both, but I'd rather just put my energy into like one thing, you know, because then it's just pretty draining. You can know? you hire somebody else to do the marketing for you? Yeah, I could, but I feel like I always have like, I want to do things a certain way and I would rather just do it myself. And it's hard for me to really trust people. When uh, So before I was tattooing, I was working at an office job. And for some reason, the higher ups management, the CEOs of this company I was working with, working for, they saw something in me that they, you know, I was 15, 16 years old and they were giving me more responsibility than the people who have been there for longer, who are much older than me. Yeah. Like they were giving me more of responsibility, like kind of overlooking what these other employees were doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were asking me to train these older people. I was like, I don't, man, like, I'm like so young compared to these people. Like, I don't want to like step on anybody's toes. Like I'd rather just do it myself. Right. Yeah. And this guy told me, he was like, if you can't teach somebody how to do things the way that you want to do it, you're fucking up. Yeah. I agree to that a hundred percent. Yeah. And that's one of the most challenging things in, uh, being able to scale any business. It's your, your ability to be able to get someone else to be as passionate as you about doing their position in their job. And, you know, like uh, when we were had Nikki here last week, like she said, no one cares about my schedule and about me being booked as much as me or my husband, because we both need my income. You know what I'm saying? But so you look at it in a different perspective. But then, for example, sometimes it's harder to teach your front desk person or your shop manager that they're still in that position, that the person that's working for you needs to know that their salary comes in direct correlation to your success. So in order for you to be successful and for, you know, they need to put in their effort and their work and their worth, and therefore they'll be successful. And the better that you do, then later you'll be, they'll be able to tell you like, Hey, since I've, we've been working together, I've helped you be more productive, more successful. I've, you know, you I've been put in systems that help you increase, you know, your bottom line and you're making more money because of my presence. And then they can say, hey, I want more money for, for doing this job. And then at that point, you're like, fuck yeah, yeah. I'll give you more money because I do, I, I have more money in my bank account because of your efforts. I sleep better at night without worrying so much because of your efforts. And that's way harder to do, but in, in honestly, I've gone through a lot of people to do different jobs to support the business, and it's really hard to find someone that can see both the long term motivation to to be into something and the long term effort of like I'm building with this person, like you know we're building a long term better position, and it's hard for a lot of people to see that. Like I think like everybody's used to an immediate. You know, like they forget that 
yeah, I can charge a lot of money for tattoos now. But when I started, I started for not charging for anything. You know, it took a lot of time to get here. So then sometimes you'll hire somebody for a job and then you'll put a lot of stuff on their plate and they feel like it's a lot. And it's like, it feels like a lot because you're not good at it yet. If you were good at it, it wouldn't feel like nothing. You would do it so quickly if you were good at that job. So that means that one, you need to put the time and the effort to get good at this job. And after you're good at it, then you need to be able to surpass that expectation of what I'm asking for and then crush it. And then after you crush it, you can say, hey, I want more money for this job because now I've learned skills and I'm good at these skills. To piggyback off of that too, is that if you train somebody to work the way that you want things done and they do it exactly the way that you want it, and then they they have uh, they've worked at this you know this process this system and they say all right cool you know chris wants things done this way i'm doing the best i can to work this way but now that i've been doing it for so long i see that things could improve and now without you even knowing uh, your assistant who whoever this is could modify the process a little bit and then come back to you and be like, Hey, Chris, um, you know, I know this is the way that you want things done. If we do it this way, you know, we can do it faster. We could do it, you know, cheaper. And then be, without you even realizing it, there is another process that might be more beneficial. Um, so sometimes hiring out and even without them doing that, you might even just have like this set idea that you've, you've known to be true to work for you because it's the way you've been doing it for so long, having a fresh set of eyes and hands on something who is, you know, newer, maybe no software or whatever it is. Um, they could be like, you know, that worked five years ago, but now there's a better way to do this. Let me show you how it's done. And now you learn more. Yeah. You know, like getting somebody, especially right now, being able to have someone in your corner that knows how to get things to happen through automation, where everything just happens through like a program, some AI or whatever, and they know how to make it happen. So everything happens automatically, man, that's super valuable right now. And like in, in, in any industry, really, yeah. if you can find somebody, they can help you automize your systems. So things are happening smoother, faster. They're increasing overall the productivity of the shop, which helps you out, you know, and the more you can focus on just tattooing and clients Mm -hmm. and not have to worry about all that other stuff, then yeah, then you're crushing. But I think like, it's really important to do what you're doing, which is like, I'm going to, I want to focus on my, on my customer, on my, on my outreach to my community in the real world. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you need to get somebody else to focus on the other hand of things of like, get somebody else to run an Instagram, run your Facebook, answer your messages, DM new followers and say, Hey, thanks so much for following. Like ask a question, establish conversation, because ultimately, even in that sense, that's kind of lending itself to the algorithm of things. Like that's one huge thing. Like if you, uh, when you're on Instagram and you're, uh, get a new follower, if you sp- speak to them or they speak to you and you just say each- you exchange any kind of conversation in a DM basis, all of a sudden Instagram considers that you and that person have a legitimate association to each other. You are more likely to be shown in their feed when they're scrolling through it, which is wild. Even if it's a sense of like, they posted a comment about you, like saying like, oh, I love that tattoo. And you don't respond. They don't consider that like an established like, you know, discourse, you know, but if you go like, oh, dude, I'm so glad you like it, like blah, blah, blah. And you talk a little bit more and then they respond to that comment. Like now you're more likely to next time you make a post to pop up on that person's feed just because of that interaction. 
So like, that's hard to do when you're a one man show and you're doing tattoos, drawing, bah, managing a business, et cetera. But that's why sometimes outsourcing all of these things can make us just run a lot more efficiently. Yeah. It's important to, to realize that too. Like, uh, so everybody talks about the engagement in Instagram. Like you want to have the likes, you want to have the comments, you want to have the shares, but what's just as important, like what John said, is that you want to engage with your followers too. That's almost more important. Yeah. I got to use Instagram a lot more. Yeah. I mean, it's like what you're saying too, that you want to be out there with the people in the flesh, like mm-hmm. that's, that's cool. That's great. It's great because you are, you're, are, you're creating a personal relationship with these people. But uh, I mean, let's face it. Like if anybody who doesn't know Newburgh, it's not the greatest neighborhood, right? Like yeah. maybe uh city and, of Newburgh. You're right. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> um, so Newburgh is, uh, is, is slightly upstate of New York. Um, it's a small little area. So if you're going to be, if you're going to be contacting, let's say everybody in the town of Newburgh, everybody in the city of Newburgh, um, that's just a small little slice of the pie of the amount of people that you could be getting in touch with who would travel to come get tattooed by All you. Right. You want people that want that, that want to get tattooed by you from the County around your town. Like Matt gets people to travel from all over the world. You know what I'm saying? To come get tattooed by you. But ultimately, like, I've always thought, like, I just want people from my city to give a shit. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, I'm more likely to finish a back piece on somebody that's from New York City than if somebody that's flying every two to six months to get tattooed by me from another country. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I want to knock out these big projects and do them quickly and see them every two weeks nonstop and spend, you know, you know, freaking 45 hours, 60 hours with this person and build a natural, real relationship. I get to know them, their friends, and then like you get to tattoo their friends and that keeps going. And I feel like that's ultimately the way that tattoo careers are built, you know? But nowadays I feel like it's a combination of building that, of like, you know, your local celebrityism of like, yeah, dude, that's my guy. That's my tattooer, you know? That's like a great feeling for any tattoo artist when, you know, your, tat, your, your, your customers refer to you as, that's my dude. You got to get tattooed by my dude, bro. He's great. You know, like that's great. But then at the same time, you want to build your online presence because one affects the other, you know, you're more likely, especially when it comes down to money, you know, there's no matter how we like to say it, dude, online perception is huge when it comes to tattooing and in every other freaking industry. You know, if I told you that, you know, Chanel is only known in one place nobody really would want to pay top dollar for Chanel. But if we go, you know, Chanel is known worldwide and everybody agrees that it's expensive, then your worth is becomes that, you know? So I feel like it's really important to market yourself locally, but still advertise yourself globally and be able to really create a brand of like, oh man, those tattoos are sick, dude. I'll fucking, like what Triano's done, really, you know? You've had people, you have your local customers, but you have people from, Many places like, oh, dude, I want to get tattooed by that guy. You know, he should have sick. I'll travel for that. You know, and I feel like that's a great, great way to be. But it takes a lot of time and effort, especially online of making sure your photos are well taken, that you're responding to your, you know, your comments, that you're like answering your DMs. You know, I made that mistake early on Instagram where I would would get too many DMs and then I'm like, I don't want to fucking respond to all of them. I'll ignore all of them, you know? Yeah. It's a, it's a slippery slope. I was the opposite. 
I mean, I hate to admit this, but I was this person that like, I wouldn't get that many DMs. Like I could clearly respond to them, to the DM, but for some reason, and I, you know me, you know me, like I don't have an ego with tattooing, yeah. but for some reason I had this ego, like I had this, this, uh, this conception that if I don't respond, it must mean that I'm busy. It must mean that I'm of a higher caliber because, you know, I must be doing something more important than responding. Than just to responding. Yeah. yeah. And I would, I would purposely not respond to, or I would wait and I would respond like a couple of days later. Yeah. Um, I don't do that anymore. I don't recommend doing that because you're only hurting yourself by doing that. But yeah, like that, like, you know, man, I, I wish I can go back in time and be like, what the fuck you doing, dude? Like, that's, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, thinking of like creating the illusion of like the club. Yeah. The club. Let's make these people waiting in line, you know, and other people are going to want to wait in line because they see people waiting in line and then everybody gets inside. I'm like, this ain't even that pack, bro. Why you guys had us waiting here for any fucking reason at all. But guess what? I gotcha. That's <laughs> you know why. What, you know what I want to do so bad, dude? Uh, you ever walk down the street in New York City or anywhere really, but you're walking down the street and like you see a couple of people like looking at like a rooftop or like looking at something in the sky. And then what do you do? You look up, right? Yeah. All I want to do is I want to get like a couple of friends come around from like different angles, make it seem like we don't know each other and just start looking at something that's not there yeah. and have people all around be like, huh. what are we looking at? And Who see how that? many people we can actually draw. Oh, dude, a lot of people, dude. a lot of people for sure. Great. Well, I think like, you know, in, in most things I've learned that it's not so much about how hard of an output of work you put in at any given time but how consistent of an output of work you put in at any given time, so you know? A good balance of Exactly. It. Like it ain't about like doing like a hundred percent and then like 50, then 20, then a hundred. Bro, just do 60, 60, 60, 60, 60. That's way better. When you attempt to do anything, anything that you don't know how to do, just try to do it and then try to do it again and do it 10% better. That's it. And then repeat and repeat and repeat, you know, it's like, even if you don't know how to do something, just do it. And then next time, just try to do it a little bit better and that's it. And just repeat that a bunch of fucking times. And after five years of doing that, you've probably become a master at that fucking thing that you started doing. You know what I'm saying? Like you've been crushing it, but it's just, you, you have to always look at yourself uh, very critically, you know, like do what you did, look at what you did. And be like, how can this be a tiny bit better next time I do it? You know, like, what did I do or execute where it was like, oh, that's good, but it's not great, you know? And that's the hard, that's in any artist, in any level that you're at, you're going to look at your work critically. You know, you're going to be like, oh, that's good. You know, but like, I could have done that just a tad bit better, you know? So let's, let's talk about, um, I mean, as tattooers, I think Instagram is the platform that all of us are using mostly, right? Yep. Um, so let's talk about some of the things that we could do to improve our Instagram following and uh, just our presence in general. And uh, one of them right off the bat is just taking better pictures, right? A hundred percent. Everybody now should be using uh, CPL and good lighting on their photos. Yeah, it's not a fucking secret. No, like, it, you, it was a couple of years it ago. It was. They were like, dude, how do people get in these fucking yeah. photos? Everybody knows. And if you don't know, so- what you need to do is you need to put um, a CPL clip and a CPL is a circular polarizing lens, 
right? You, you clip that onto your phone over the camera lens on your phone. And then um, with that, you have to have filters that go over the lighting that uh, you want to have directly onto your tattoo. And ideally you want to have one light. Um, and what, what you do is the, the CPL, you could rotate the lens so that it deflects the, um, the glare so that you're taking all the glare out of the tattoo and uh, it actually saturates the colors a little bit. It does. Which people are always like, man, you're you're fooling everybody. You're, you're, you're making a false representation of your work. No, you're not. Because if you look at the colors of the photos from your camera, they're always desaturated. There is desaturated. Um, so it does help you look at it in a little bit more truer light, you know? And, you know, depending on what you do afterwards, if you're doing even more manipulation of an image after that, yeah, then it can get, it, it can look ridiculous and completely like unbelievable. Um, and people make careers out of that guys. Yeah. People make careers out of doing unbelievable tattoos that, you know, after they're healed and you see them, you're like, what the fuck is this? Bro, this is not. Yeah. You, you don't want to make yourself appear to be doing work that you can't actually do. Yes. Right? Like that people are going to catch on and then, you know, call you out on it. And then, you know, that's just a, spiral downhill that you do not want to be involved with. You sit in a throne of lies. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, so good lighting, the CPL. Uh, With photos and- A good phone? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Good camera, good quality phone, you know, spend the time, you know, if you you don't, if you want to spend the money on getting a camera, you can should get a camera. It will make it- But you don't need it. But you don't need it. Everybody now should have- whether it's an iPhone or an Android, the cameras on your phone now, even if you have an older model, the cameras on your phone pretty good. are good. Pretty damn They're, good. And you can you get know. great photos. You know, it's more of like what you're saying. Well, like, you know, make sure your lighting's good. Make sure your tattoo's clean. Make sure that you let your colors bleed out completely. So it's not like freaking still just wet and seeping, you know, it's a little bit of like, you know, you finish that t- a tattoo, be patient. Let that tattoo relax. You know, let's have that tattoo chill. chill. Like, you know, Gabe is legend on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll, yeah, dude, he'll have somebody here sitting for an extra hour, bro. You know, because he's like, no, 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 not ready yet, bro. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I packed those light yellows. We're going to wait. And what's so funny about Gabe, Gabe, I love you, man. But he'll wait for so long to take a good picture, but then he's kind of on like your side of the game where he does not give a shit about Instagram. (laughs) Yeah. He does not give a shit about followers. He does not give a shit about like just social media in general. So like he's, he's taking the time to make a good photo, I guess just for his portfolio, but like he's not really getting anything out of it on the, well, he gets some good photos sometimes of his, he actually does try to get some good photos of his tattoos. Well, no, no, that's what I'm saying. He'll get the good photo, but he won't, he won't post, he won't post them or he'll post them and just not really like, really engage with, yeah. you know, anything. I'll post it on. nine o'clock on a Sunday. I want all these fucking lights, bro. <laughs> Don't post on Sunday. Don't, don't post do on Sundays, good. guys. If, you, if you're on social media, dude, and you want any kind of interaction, don't post on a Sunday. And, you know, don't post on a Saturday past three to four o'clock. <laughs> it's not fucking worth it. You know, maybe Sunday morning, but yeah, you're playing it fucking. Everyone's in church. living on the edge. Yeah, you're yeah. living on the fucking edge, you know? You can open up the analytics on your phone on Instagram and you can see when your followers are most active and that's when you want to post. Yeah, absolutely. That's what you want to stick with. It works. And most of all, the algorithm can be taught, you know? That's what it does. It learns of what you're doing. So like if you're constantly posting at different times, you know, it's not learning. 
you're, you're like keeping it guessing. It doesn't know like, oh, what's going on, you know? But if you make it consistent, it'll learn that you're consistent in these things. And the more direct, more consistent you are with your posts and all that stuff, the more likely it is to then show it to the same people or on the same time of the day. Think of your favorite TV show, bro, that you watched before there was, you know, a DVR or Netflix. You know what I'm saying? It came on because you knew that it was coming around this time and you were excited to see it. Simple as that. That's a good point. Yeah. And that's how it works. That's how the algorithm works. You know, it's like, oh, every day around nine o'clock, you know, I post and every day around nine o'clock, you like it. That's the key right there. You know, those two things connecting makes a huge difference on like the way that social media plays on what you're doing. Actually, something that I want to ask you. And I started to talk, ask you this before we started recording and I cut myself off. So I wanted to save it for the podcast. Yeah, we are. <laughs> so, uh, since I've known you, I feel like you have owned and gotten rid of like six or seven jobs. I think this is number five. five. Holy shit, dude. This, this is the fifth one. That's fucking wild. Yeah. And I, I mean, I haven't really known you all that long. I think we met in what? 2012, 2013, something like that. Yeah, I was like at the beginning of the career when I was uh, sponsored by Eternal Inc. Yeah. And You're I not found sponsored you on, by them anymore? No, I dropped them. Okay. So yeah, what what was the reason why you kept uh, moving shops? Um, well, the first one I had, I had a private studio and that was with my old mentor. And then I just got rid of that because they kicked us out because of him because he was too loud. Okay. He was too and, loud. Yeah, he was loud and mouthy with everybody. Oh, shit. And disrespectful. So I, I lost my lease because of that. Damn. Um, so then I went to Highland Falls and then the demographic was a little weird for me. So I left from there. How long did you stay at that first shop? About a year. Okay. So I started tattooing in 2012. I had landed an apprenticeship actually in Williamsburg. I still talked to them, to the guy and to the girl that helped me out. Oh, you did? I didn't know that. Yeah. So I was on 54 Grand Ave in Brooklyn. Oh, okay. shit. And um, NBA tattoos, man. Shout out to those guys. Nice. And um, his daughter still tattoos, but she helped me get an apprenticeship there. And then I landed a shop at, uh, with Jamie. I was working with him for a while. And then we traveled together. And then he closed his shop. And then we opened up the private studio. And then all that just went bad. So closed that. Opened up a, a walk-in shop in Highland Falls. Closed that after like six months. And then opened up another private studio because it seemed to work better. And then just got rid of that. It's, I always wanted something different, something yeah. better. So this one I'm at now is actually, it goes back to what you said, like 10% better, 10% better. Yeah. This is Each like, time you feel like you've like stepped it up just a little bit more, learned a little bit more. Yeah. So this is my dream shop. It seems like you were only there for like a year. Uh, the last shop time? I was there for five years. Oh, you were? Yeah. I was there for five years. And um, just because the landlord sold the, the building. And then I just, I got this new spot. Okay. So you've been tattooing for 10. Were you there in the last, was that like your first five or like the last five? Uh, the last five. The last five. Cool. Yeah. So this is going to be the first time in my career, probably like the past four years, where I'm actually able to like just settle down and focus on me. Cool. Awesome. You know? So one thing that uh, Chris has always uh, expressed to me is that uh, at least for the last five, six years that you've had the other shop and even the shop that you were at before that, mm -hmm. um, it was always mostly just you. Yes. Right? You didn't have a lot of other artists working with you or uh, alongside with you at the shops, right? No, I mean, I've had people in and out and we just never really had the same views. 
You know, like I'm a family man. I have like certain values and no one ever met that. And I didn't want to mix all that with my life. Yeah. You know, it just, it was toxic. So, yeah. I mean, tattooing can be a very toxic place to tell yeah. the truth. I mean, like, you 100%. know, like, uh, I am a person that loves to party. So if I hang out with people that like to party, I'm going to get, end up partying. It's kind of the way that it works, you know? Yeah. So like, uh, yeah, I can, I can understand that. Like, you know, like to try to, to surround yourself around people with aligned values, you know, and, and lifestyles that you want to be around and that will get you there or keep yeah. you there. You know, if you're around people that want to party and drink all the fucking time, you're probably going to party and drink all the fucking time. Yeah. If that's not what you're trying to do, they'll be around those people. Yeah. Plain and simple. You know? So, um, if you had more people in the shop, um, who all had their own social media accounts, tagging the shop, um, collaborating on posts with the shop or collaborating with you that it would, uh, it would kind of like make you see the potential of what could go on, but because it's just you going on, it's like a little bit slower and it's kind of turning you off. Yeah. A hundred percent. If I had all that. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough being by yourself, man. Even just, you know, social media aside is being by yourself. Like, you want to have other people there kind of like feeding off of Dude, you. I asked you today, today yeah. I was tattooing. I must have asked him his opinion about at least four different things. <laughs> you know, I was like, hey dude, how do you like this fucking thing? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Boom, change it. You know, I'm going to try this. Boom. What colors do you think I should do on this? You know? And it's like, at the same time, it's like you have your internal voice that's telling you something, but at the same time, you want that external validation from somebody who you respect, you know? hundred yeah, percent. Like it's, it's huge. You know, it's like, I feel like this is the right way. And then you're like, you think this is the right way? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, bro, that's the right way. And you're like, all right, cool. Let's go. Yeah. 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 Dude. Good. You know, like, all right, cool. You know? And I feel like that helps you be better, you know? And, uh, you know, like I was telling uh, Vega, who's the apprentice here today, I was like, hey, man, like what's going to get your tattoo from being good to being like, oh, that's fucking sick, bro. It's like five minutes, you know, it's like a short amount of time of the whole tattoo. Like there's little things that will change a tattoo drastically, you know, even with your drawing, even with your placement, like, oh, that tattoo was sick, bro. If you would have put that thing facing the right way, then it would have been perfect, bro. Yeah. You know, and you can go, you can go uh, years and you can go, you can post like every tattoo, not knowing any of these things because there's no one there, you know, by your side, be like, hey man, you know, that you should have you know, done, just flip it a little bit. Yeah. You know, Maybe you should have just flipped that, bro. Yeah. Maybe you should have outlined that thing that you didn't outline. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like there's yeah. like- Although last week you did a tattoo on some guy's forearm and I was like, yeah, that's cool, but it's backwards. And you're like, no, it's nah, not. I love <laughs> it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were, you know, clashing back and forth. What's the right way to position this tattoo? Because that's a tricky thing. You know, like for example, like something even so, such, so simple as like, you know, is this front, but is this front- you know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah. Like are the, the shoulders are facing in this direction, but the face is still facing, you know, the angle, or you could just switch it up completely. And it's like, that would look backwards to me, you know? So like, there's a lot of little things that like in a tattoo, it can change the way that it's perceived and like the spot where it is and the size that it should be and things like that really do matter a lot on if like a tattoo is like pretty good. Oh, like that's pretty good. Or something, somebody that goes like, oh, that shit is fucking phenomenal, bro. Yeah. You know, it's really small. And uh, I always say, like, you know, when it comes down to greatness, bro, it's milliseconds, bro. Olympics, best athletes in the world, world, and 
Number one, number two, milliseconds, bro. That's yeah. it. Very, yeah. very little. Um, but, uh, you know, what, what will bring you to the just okay to this is great. You got to listen to the people who are telling you and giving you the advice. Yeah. Right. You know, we, we tell some of the guys here who are just like, nah, you know, I don't care about social media. I don't care about posting. Like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to put my face out there. Like, you know, if, if they listen to us, um, we're not telling them because, you know, we feel, you know, like we're higher than them. We're telling them because we know that this works. Yeah. It's like, right? I've learned this. So I feel like a lot of times in tattooing, you have tattooers that are really good at tattooing, really good at like with their customers, but maybe they're bad at social media or maybe they're bad at like other aspects of promoting themselves. And instead of trying to get better at those things, they say, I just don't want to do those things. Those things don't matter to me. I'm above, you know, not even that they're above it, but it's like, I just don't find value in that. Right. So I'm not going to do it, you know? And nine times out of 10, those are the guys who are sitting around all day, not tattooing. Yeah. Cause there's like, Hey man, you could, you could have, you know, if, if you have a five day work week and you tattoo three days, you know, because you have a great rapport with, you know, your community and you have good referral clients you know, maybe you could have tattooed five days if you would have spent a little bit of time building yourself in social media and, you know, following up with the customers that you've already tattooed, et cetera. And it's a lot, a little bit more work. But like I said earlier, like everything feels like work until you get good at it. And then it's just quick, you know, it's like, oh, I just knocked that thing out because I'm really good at doing these things now. Right. How have you done with the shift of tattooing going from images to video. Oh, I enjoy it. The traction has it's been tremendous. I've actually got more clients because of it. I agree. Same, same here. They see and they're like, oh, oh I, need, I want more of that. Yeah. I feel like video is one, a lot more, like you have a lot more opportunity and a lot more like openness to, to show your work in a video format than in a picture format. But there's people that like taking videos it, you have to think of so many more things than just having like a good image and lighting, but it's like your editing and you know, your mm -hmm. angles and being steady and like all of these little short things that can make a video, you know, make or break it, you know, but I feel like it's definitely the way to, to really promote your stuff, especially right now. Did we talk about InShot on the show last week with Nikki? I know we talked about it after show. Yeah. I think we might've talked about it after show, but uh, you know, I think, you know, I use InShot, but it, most of the time I've learned to shoot videos that will make good clips. That way I don't have to spend too much time editing a very long video on InShot. I just shoot two to three seconds, really short, good clips that they can be pieced together in a 10 to 12 second video. And you do all the editing in app on in, Instagram? On app, in app, whether you're doing it on TikTok or on Instagram, the app knows that you've been in the app editing and it will reward you for spending time in the app editing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like it does, it does play a part in it. I've seen enough of a change from a video that I edited fully in, you know, outside and then brought it into, you know, either TikTok or Instagram and seen that the ones that were edited within app do better. Instead of just submitting one clip that's really long, just bring it in into short little clips that you can just piece together within the app. Let's say you do InShot to have the 12 second, you know, clip, you know, once you get it into Instagram or TikTok, 
add some text there, edit the video by two seconds in the thing, like just clip it, you know, just a tiny little bit. Like I want to clip two seconds out of that, you know, and then also add maybe even a voiceover or of course, like I love that uh, message that you sent me the other day that showed that a great way to grab your audience is to introduce some text in the beginning of your video. If you have, you need to grab your people. You got three seconds, guys. You got three seconds to grab the attention of somebody, you know? Probably less than that. You got a second, but you want to grab them for three because after that three second mark, it shows, you know, that on Instagram or TikTok, oh, this catches people's attention and makes them stop. So I'm going to show this to more people, you know, and that's attention grabber. It's the real in. And then if your attention grabbing uh, text says there's more information that's valuable to you in the caption, then they're going to scroll down to the caption as the video is scrolling read it, and then they're going to go back to the video and finish watching the video. So you just turned somebody that was scrolling through a fucking bunch of nonsense, stopped, they read, they read again, and then they watched. And then that makes it a very relevant video. And then your video is way more likely to get high views and be seen by people. I don't know how you want to say that. It's a three-step rule, a three-step uh, instruction thing. Mm-hmm. So step one is saying that um, if you put text on the screen, the text will stop the scroll, right? Yeah. So once people start seeing that there's text on it, instead of just keep going back, they're going to want to read it. They want to read it. And what that text is is a teaser. So that teaser is what's going to make them want to read the caption. And that caption is where you're going to add the value and add um, the value in the description, which increases the watch time. Absolutely. All those little things, little things like that. It's really, you know, looking at your, at your work, like how, people that write, that create 30 second Super Bowl commercials for millions of dollars, look at their work. You know what I'm saying? They're like, hey dude, we're going to pay $5 million for this fucking ad on the Super Bowl. These 30 seconds need to be phenomenal. Nobody needs to walk away and get a fucking Buffalo dip wing right now because <laughs> this commercial is going to be sick. You know what I'm saying? So look at your work like heavily. Like, Shit, dude, I got 10 seconds to grab people and focus them on this, like it. And most of all, be like, my friend needs to see this share. That's when you rocked it. Yo, it's sad, but uh, that's the way that you got to think about it. These yes. Days. You can't think about your post as just like, oh, I'm going to just add something to my gallery now. Like, no, well, that's not what it is. You're, you're making commercial for yourself. You're making a commercial for yourself. And like each you know, post has to be a Super Bowl ad. Yes. You're trying to knock it out the park every time, dude. Mr. Beast didn't become Mr. Beast because he does weak ass fucking videos, bro. Very true. You know what I'm saying? Like there's so one guys, if you haven't studied or know who Mr. Beast is, you're fucking sleeping, you know, and you need to go see who this guy is, how he's created this fucking mega fucking industry and see he has many videos explaining how he looks at creating content how quick people's attention needs to be grabbed, maintained. And there's so much wealth and knowledge that that dude's shared because he's been doing YouTube for at least 15, like 10 or 12 years already solid. And he's only like 20 something years old, but he started when he was like 12, you know? So if you've been doing something so long, he's figured out the fucking formula. The guy's crushing it, you know? So it's like, man, if you learn to really look at your work and be like, how can I make people just fucking fall in love with my shit and share with the people that they, you know, like to talk to be like, Oh dude, you gotta look at this fucking sick ass thing, dude. And the more shares you get, the more your video gets recommended 
and it just keeps it going. And, you know, you get that snowball effect in your work, you know, let's put something out on the table too. Cause a lot of people will tell you, Oh, your follower account doesn't correlate with your sales or it doesn't correlate with your clients. It doesn't correlate with your, you know, how much money that you're making. Yes. I mean, it doesn't yes no. it right, but it does at the same but time. It does. Yeah. yeah. Like if, if you're not posting and you're not, you know, gaining new followers and you're not engaging with those clients, then you're not going to make any sales. You're not going to get any new customers coming into the shop. So no, you're right. If you know, you could have a hundred thousand followers and be sitting in the shop with a thumb up your ass, not doing anything because you're not engaging with those clients, Yeah, but you could also have of 200 like really loyal clients that you're constantly engaging with and you're constantly, you know, feeding off of each other. And, you know, those guys are going to keep coming back to you because they know that, you know, you guys have a good rapport with each other. Yeah. One thing I learned uh, through, um, so I have two, I have like four Instagrams, but like, you know, I have, I do tattoos of course. And then um, I also do fashion content on Instagram and, uh, the biggest thing that I, I learned so much about Instagram creating different content than tattoos because I'm looking at things in a different perspective, you know? So like uh, creating fashion content, you know, you start realizing that you're creating a community, you know, and that's huge. Creating community builds followings, you know, like the people that always comment on your post, you need to make sure that you always respond to those people because if there's 10 people that every time you post, they comment on your post and they're stoked to be like, oh, dude, another one. This is sick. You know, those are the people that build your following, your community, because they're the ones that are triggering that algorithm to say, oh, shit, 20 people are liking this right away. Let's show this thing again to like 50 people and see what those 50 people do. You know, and those are the people that are sharing it and doing all those things and building that community really helps your content grow exponentially a lot faster. So let's talk about the importance of that too. So if, if you have these, you know, small group of really loyal clients or really loyal followers that are always commenting on your stuff and let's say you're commenting back and you're engaging in conversation and they're like, oh yeah, fuck this guy's like really, you know, we're having a personal conversation. Like I'm really connecting with this person. Right. But then you start to slip and instead of actually responding back to them, then you just like their comment. And now this person's like, oh, I mean, all right. I mean, I guess I got acknowledged, but I mean, it's not the same anymore. Right? Yeah. And then if you take it the next further, next step further and they comment again and you don't do anything. Now this guy's like, well, you know, why am I going to bother commenting him if I'm not going to get any kind of engagement back? Now they're not going to comment on your next video. No. And now not. that's going to sacrifice your, you know, your algorithm boost and all that. And like, so you, it's important. You got to really, you know, stay on top of that stuff. Yeah. And because of it's so engaging and so much work. That's why so many people say like, ah, oh, dude, this is draining as hell. I don't want to fucking spend time doing this. So it's like, I agree. It's, it, it is draining. It's a lot of work. It's a lot more extra work than just, you know, doing a, ta- a really good tattoo is already a lot of work doing everything else after the tattoo. It is also a lot of work, but that's because the industry has gotten way more competitive, you know, it's, it's driven by different factors, you know, not just like, you know, I'm the tattooer in my neighborhood or, or might sit in my town. It's more of like, oh no, there's a fucking ton. Just like, you're competing globally. Yeah. Globally. Yeah. For attention, you know, Man, from, from I, people. I didn't want to say anything to Nicole. Um, 
and she probably won't listen to this, so I'm going to say it now. <laughs> so she just started a Botox business. We've been yeah. talking about this, right? And uh, she just started up her own Instagram account. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> today she was like, I don't know what I'm fucking doing. Like, I'm, I'm not cool enough to do this. Like, why am I even bothering? I'm like, just do it. You know, just you'll, do it. You'll, you'll, you'll get, figure it out right? eventually if you care. I'm waiting. I'm so waiting for this Instagram account to start blowing up and she's online all the time. You know, <laughs> Just because, talking to people. Yeah. Cause she's always on my case. She's like, Oh, your face is always in your phone. What are you doing? You know, like, I'm like, I'm, I'm working. I'm working. Right? Yeah. I can't wait for her to realize like what it really takes. What it really takes. Yeah. It takes, it does take a lot of diligence, yeah. you know, like it, it's nice to think, you know, some people have jobs where they can get off work and not think about their job again until next day at that time. Yeah, not tattooers. Tattooing is, it ain't that. Tattooing is not that. You're going to finish tattooing. You're going to go home. They're like, what do I got to tattoo tomorrow? What do I got to draw? I mean, I got to edit the video of the tattoo that I did today. I got to think of a good caption for it. You got to think about all these things to be able to then repeat the process again tomorrow. Yeah. And I feel like all that extra stuff, if you've been tattooing for, I'm going to say, you know, 10 to 15 years, you know, at one point you didn't have to do that. So yeah, the idea that you have the, your job or your industry has added more work to promote yourself does suck. But guess what? Too fucking bad. It is the way of the land. You, like, could, you know, you got to do it. You could choose not to do it. And then get left behind. Yeah. You're going to get left in dust. You can choose not to do it, you know, but it is what it is. It's kind of like, you know, you know how many artists were completely like, I'm never going to use an iPad. And now you're using a fucking iPad. Man, I heard a great <laughs> analogy today that um, this guy that I was listening to on a podcast today, it was a social media marketing podcast. And this guy was talking about, they had, it was an AI conversation. They were talking about mid journey. They were talking about Dolly. They were talking about chat GPT. And they were talking about how um, some people are just not cool with, you know, getting on board with what you have to do to keep up with the times. Right. Right. And he brought it back 20 years ago. He's like, do you think that the people who were traditional photographers when Photoshop came out, they were like, oh, fuck Photoshop. You're not a real photographer if you have to <laughs> edit your photos in Photoshop. Edit your photo? Yeah. And now, like, look at all the amazing stuff that's coming out of Photoshop. Yeah. Looking at all the amazing artists that are doing stuff with Illustrator, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, same thing. Like, if you were a traditional painter 20 years ago and you saw people doing digital art, vector designs on Illustrator, they were like, oh, those guys, they're, you know, they're ruining the yeah. industry. I've spent years trying to master this hand calligraphy. Like yeah. now they're doing it like on these computer things. Like, and no, now it, if you're a graphic designer, if you are a, um, an illustrator for whatever, and you don't know these programs, no one is going to hire you. Yeah. You need to know these programs. And that's going to be the same thing with, um, with all the AI tools, but it's the same thing with social media. I agree. I feel like, you or else you're going to be left behind. Like you said, that happens in every, in, in, in so many industries, but you know, because tattooing built around this tradition and all these other things, you know, it just hasn't, uh, it's not taken or, or received the same way than is if you were, uh, you know, uh, a computer programmer and they're like, Hey guys, we have a whole new system that we got to like input. And this is what you're going to be doing. And everybody's like, all right, this is what we're learning, bro. Yeah. You know, but in tattooing, they're like, oh no, I don't want to do that. That's some new shit. And I've gotten already really good at all this other stuff. And man, it's hard guys. We get it, but 
we're here to learn and get better. Yeah. So. You know, if, uh, and I think the hardest part about it is deciding whether or not what's more worthy for you. Should you take the time and do it yourself or should you hire someone else to do it for or you? Or just hire someone else, yeah. you know, yeah. like it's a hard uh, decision to make. Yeah. I mean, for example, as I've grown in tattooing, you know, like, uh, there was a one point where I handled all my appointments. I emailed every client. It was me responding to everything. And then as I got busier and I was able to afford to pay someone to do it for me, that was the first thing I was like, man, I fucking hate doing emails. Yeah. I hate talking to people through email. I like talking to people in person, but this email back and forth is driving me nuts. Like, so I'm going to hire somebody that's really good at talking to people over emails and get people in front of me so I can tattoo them and sell my work to them. Chris, do you do all that stuff yourself? Oh uh, yeah. 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 For now until after tonight. <laughs> You're like, shit. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm taking in all this information. <laughs> so, uh, you were saying earlier before we started recording that you, you turned down a lot of clients today. Yeah. The past week was like 15, 15 clients. Those were DMS. Those were emails. How did that come across? Uh, email and DMS. Both. Yeah. Okay. It was just the lack of, uh, information I needed. You know, we all have like a, send a picture and all this kind of information. It was yeah. like a lack of, yeah. I was like, uh, next. So, um, so that lack of information, I, I, I think I've said this before on the podcast. Um, what I've done to streamline that and make sure that I get all of the information that I need right off the bat is I set up a request form through jot form. Okay. And, uh, and anytime that anybody says like, Hey dude, I, I want to get a uh, tattoo. And even if they start talking about what they want, I cut them right off. I'm like, fill out this form. And that form has everything that I want from them that they have to fill out. The need to knows. The need to knows. Yeah. And okay. uh, that way there is no back and forth and there is no like, ah, oh, fuck this guy is being a pain in the ass. Like I know everything now. And then that I can decide whether or not, you know, this is the project for me or maybe I can go for somewhere else. Yeah, Cause I, I've been with you before there, man. Like I, I know it's, it's frustrating when like you're going back and forth trying to feel like what the fuck does this guy want before? Like, Oh, what do you want? Oh, I want a tattoo. All right. What do you want? Oh, I want a tattoo on my wrist. All right. But what the fuck do you want? Dude? Yeah. Like, yeah, just like, you know, questions. something sick, something small, <laughs> yeah. something small on my wrist. Like just fucking tell me what you want. Like I get it. Like it sucks. And I've turned down people before because of that reason. But, uh, if you can streamline it and just be like, fill out this form, then I'll have the conversation with you. Um, so yeah, jot form is a great way to start doing that. Tell me if you've never heard this. I want a tattoo, medium size, you know, not too big, not too small. <laughs> uh, do you want a black and gray or color? You know, black and gray, but maybe a little, a bit, little of bit of color. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? You can do what you want, but wait, I want this drawing. I, you can do what you want. But I want it to look exactly like this, but put your own spin to it. <laughs> you're like, this is insane, dude. Yeah. Oh, man. Those are the days that you're like, this is why I get paid, bro. To be able to like take this person's idea and just turn it into clay and make something cool out of it and just give it back to them. Like, all right, don't fuck this up, bro. Yeah. You know? But I feel like it definitely makes a difference, you know? For sure. Cool, man. Um, you guys got anything else you want to add? Um, I think like, uh, when it comes to social media, uh, I would say definitely if you're not good at social media, learn to outsource, you know, if you charge $150 an hour, just raise your rate to $170 an hour and then pay $20 an hour to somebody that's killer and loves to do all that shit you don't like to do. Yeah. That's easy enough to find too. It's like, so easy. Yeah. You know, like it, it's, it's easy, man. Like 
If you charge a hundred bucks, charge 120, dude. And then just put it back to yourself. You're investing on yourself, you know, just like you would invest on a course. You're investing on someone that cares about things that you don't care about that much to fucking crush it at that, you know? And, uh, you know, don't, don't be afraid to loosen the reins, you know, little by little to someone else. If, if, if you hire someone and at first they don't got it, but they have the determination and you can see that they have the drive to learn, you know, the systems that, and to learn the things to do how you like them to do. And, you know, then little by little, give them more and more and more until you reach a point where they're like, oh man, I don't even have to think about this anymore because how I think, how I want things to do, things to be done, get done efficiently and quickly. And because of it, we're all more successful. And, you know, it ain't, it ain't no fun if the homies can't get none. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day. Yeah. So like when, and you're in a shop and you're a tattooer, you're successful. Your shop's going to be successful. You're going to be able to have everybody around you is going to do better. And I feel like we all want to be in a point where we can all toast with our homies and say, you know, and cheers to our success and cheers to the fact that we're all doing great, you know, but don't, uh, close yourself out on, uh, on, on either outsourcing or, or focusing on social media or somebody to handle your appointments or things like that, because somebody else might actually even make you better than what you think you could do. Right now, that would be the best situation, you know? Cool, man. I think that was a good talk. Yeah, that was a good chat, guys. Um, as always, make sure that you guys hit the subscribe button, follow us on YouTube, uh, check us out on Instagram. Uh, you can follow me on John Mesa Tattoos NYC. Chris, where can people find you? Christopher Lee Tattoos on Instagram. Yep, and I'm Matt Triano on Instagram. And make sure that you support our Patreon guys at Honest Tattooer. And uh, of course, always great to talk to you guys and make sure that we see you in the next one. Bye.